scare your kids with with that, right? They come back before dark, or else the boogeyman will get you. Hey, this is Unrefined Podcast. I'm Brandon Spain, your host, with co-host Lindsay Waters. Welcome to another episode. Welcome, you guys. We're back to another action-packed episode. We have an awesome author here. Before I get into who he is and and what he's done and what we're going to talk about today, I'd like to introduce uh, my co-host, Lindsay. Hey, guys. Ready to get into this one. And my my other co-host, the incomparable, the the rock himself, other than Jesus, Kenny C. Woo! Yeah. (laughs) All right. And his Lego figure. My Lego. That's good. And and our um our guest who we approach our podcast like this. Um, uh, when you're a guest in our podcast, you're in our living room, you're in our home. So this casa is your casa. So I'd like to introduce Sebastian Richard, who goes under the pseudonym for this book we're going to be talking about of Kyle Still, which I'm just going to front load you, man. It's an awesome book. It, it really was. I, I've read different books, but it, it, it was really, it kept me going. It, it, it kept me interested. And um Anyway, it was phenomenal. So, thank you so much. Yeah. So, give us a little background, Sebastian, about yourself and, and, and interest and in what got you interested in this. And, you know, and, and yeah, anything you want to tell us about you that you want everybody to know. How about that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, wow. I'm going to try to boil it down. I don't want to be we too got, lengthy. We got time. Uh, <laughs> I was born again at nine years old. Came from a dysfunctional family background. Um, I had a very difficult uh, uh, teen years, uh, early 20s, very difficult, lots of depression. Uh, We had a difficult difficult upbringing. We moved a lot, moved around a lot. I was bullied in high school, all kinds of stuff. Uh, But one thing that remained the same was my relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, um, That actually kept me, I believe, sane throughout these difficult years. Um, in my twenties, I was fortunate enough to, uh, meet a one in a million woman, my wife, Elizabeth, we got married. I was around 28. She was 21. Um, but, uh, it's funny because when you think, when you get married, you think, well, I've arrived, I- I'm married now. It's like, we're going to build something solid and but you don't expect, um, to go through a wilderness experience. You don't expect, uh, a lot of growing pains, a lot of difficulties and trials and all kinds of stuff like that. Early in my marriage, maybe a couple of years into my marriage, we, uh, I met a guy at a supper. He was a Christian. We, we went for a supper with friends, uh, friends of Elizabeth's from Bible college. And I'm sitting across this guy at, at the table, a very nice guy. And he, and he leans into me. And you know how sometimes when, when we get into fringe stuff uh, and we're in our early years of fringe conspiracy theories, we get super enthused, right? And we can like freak people out. By talking about this as if we're talking about, I don't know, uh, what do you prefer, Coke or Pepsi kind of thing? <laughs> oh, he leans into me and he, and I'm like, I'm just like Baptisty Christian, as Baptist as you can imagine, right? And he leans into me and says, Do you like George Bush? I go, Oh, yeah, he's a Christian. He says, No, man, George Bush is a Satanist. 
<laughs> and then he starts to expound to me all of his knowledge. And I'm at this supper and I'm sitting across this guy like, okay, he sounds crazy. And yet I know that Elizabeth would not befriend a crazy dude and he's her friend. So maybe there's something to what he's saying. Meanwhile, I, I was like struggling with everything he was throwing at me. But being the type of person I am, I, uh, I, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, I began researching some conspiracies here and there. And I, I quickly became very interested in what I was finding out because back then, believe it or not, the, the internet was not censored and it was awesome. <laughs> so we could research anything and find really, literally anything we wanted uh, about a certain topic. And, and that got me going down the rabbit hole. And I was, uh, I was roughly 30 years old. So I'm 49 now. So I've been going down the rabbit hole uh, at irregular intervals, I should say, because at some point I was too deep in and it was affecting my psyche. You know, when you go too deep sometimes, yep. Yep. The, Lord, the, yep. Lord, the Lord pulls you back up and says, come and get some air. Come and get some air. So I came and I got some air and then you brought me into other good stuff uh, like uh, personal growth, uh, leadership, developing my leadership. I joined the John Maxwell team. Uh, he brought me into other layers, other lanes of theology. So uh, then I began, uh, after I joined the John Maxwell team, uh, and I became a certified uh, coach and leadership expert. I started writing books. So that's when I began writing books. I was pursuing more personal growth, personal development. I uh, learned a lot there. And actually, that's when the Lord decided to bring uh, my wife along with me. And we founded Thriving on Purpose, which was our, our basically our organization in the beginning. It was more uh, personal growth and leadership with a little bit of faith sprinkled. But eventually, it became more faith-based. I was like, you know what? I just can't do personal growth and leadership without bringing Jesus into it. So uh, I did, and Elizabeth joined me, and then we began podcasting, and then we began broadcasting, and we built our YouTube videos, and like, I wrote more books, uh, uh, and uh, so in, in all um, the Fujitsumian Heights, that was my ninth book. It was my first work of fiction. Everything else was nonfiction prior to that, uh, uh, and uh, the 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 other book that I'm known for uh, more, if you would go on Amazon, is uh, Kingdom Fundamentals, where I dive deep into the kingdom of God. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah exploring the, the ramifications of the kingdom of God and helping people to get out of religion and into the kingdom and not a kingdom understanding and their walk with Christ, walk with God, and uh, so on and so forth. So, so uh, that was what I was doing prior to writing this novel. Now let's talk about the novel, if that's okay with you guys. I'm just going to give you a little yeah. background. Yeah, how that came about. Well, uh, as you would guess, you know, being someone who uh, was uh, much into cringe theories and conspiracy theories and all that, uh, I had some interest in Bigfoot. Uh, it actually came from my wife. Uh, my goodness, I would go back probably some like nine, 18, 19 years ago. Uh, when I was starting to delve in these conspiracies, she was like, hey, you know what? You're delving into all that kind of stuff. Like, but uh, like some of it she didn't really like. <laughs> some of it she did. And she said, I'd like to know more about Bigfoot. Do you think you could research that? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'd love to research it. 
So I did a little bit of research on Bigfoot at the time. I found it very interesting, but I, I, it didn't like hook me. It, I would say it really hooked me about six years ago when some podcasts about uh, cryptids began uh, multiplying on podcast platforms. And yeah. uh, the one that really hooked me was uh, Sasquatch Chronicles. I followed them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I love Sasquatch Chronicles. And uh, I, I listened to like uh, hundreds of episodes because at the time I was working for the post office and I was sorting a lot of mail and they allowed us to use earbuds and, and uh, MP3 players while we worked. That's cool. So I did that for years and years and years. I would use my earbuds at work and I, I, I listened like, you know, let's say an eight hour shift. I'd probably listen to six hours of content every night. And I'm not just talking pod like uh, cryptids, but all kinds of stuff. It's some were sermons, some were uh, audio books. Others were uh, obviously conferences, uh, uh, teachings, you name it. I mean, I, I would just like saturate my mind of all kinds of stuff that fascinated me at the time. but. Um, for a long time, I would, li I, I would enjoy listening to Sasquatch, Sasquatch Chronicles and other cryptid uh, podcasts. And that's where I got most of my immersion into the subject of Bigfoot and fascination, I, I have to say. And uh, one such story was on Sasqu Sasquatch Chronicles, and it was called the Tijat Honubia. It's, it says Honubia, but it's Honubi. It's pronounced Honubi. Uh, it's in Texas, I think. And it was a story of a, a guy who had uh, uh, moved into a house and there was Sasquatch on the property. And, and mm. the story really hooked me. I was like, man, this story would make an amazing movie. Because uh, I, I often think cinematographically. So, I, and then you guys read the book. You probably, yeah. as you were reading, probably thought, saw the scenes in your mind because that's just the way I am. Like I see it in my mind first as a, like a scene of, uh, you would watch on the screen and then I put it on paper. And I, I had that story in the back of my mind, but I hadn't, I hadn't listened to it for like in five years or something like that. So it's just bits I remembered from that story and from other stories as well, other accounts, other things that happened to a lot of people, because like I said, hundreds of episodes. So you got all these tidbits that, that you go and get and, and you say, oh, I'm going to put that in the story. I'm going to put that in the story. So it's based on true accounts, but of course I kept people, I didn't, I didn't mention any names or anything. Uh, and it's, it's like an amalgam of different, different accounts and encounters that people have had that had been shared on those podcasts. So, uh, it, the, the, the final result was the siege at Simeon Heights, which Simeon Heights is a fictional place. It doesn't exist. It's in Oregon, but it, it doesn't really exist. I, I came up with it. I thought it was pretty clever. Thought you did a good job of kind of capturing that terror, if you will, and otherness of the encounters that people have with, with Sasquatch, including just kind of, seems like you said a lot about not only the smell, but kind of the disorienting effect the smell had. Mm -hmm. And if I'm remembering this correctly, you, you suggested that that's something they can even like kind of turn on and off. I thought that was an interesting idea. Yeah, I think it's that, an interesting that come idea. from the accounts you've heard? Yeah, fair, as some people think that yeah. they can actually control it. And, uh, and I've heard that, and I thought that that made sense. Uh, because not everybody who's encountered a Sasquatch or Bigfoot says, oh, the stench, the stench. 
Right. Uh, some people, I, I think they, and it's just a theory because everything pertaining to Bigfoot is just a theory. I mean, there's exactly no, speculation. It would be funny in a conversation, say I'm a Bigfoot expert. That's really funny because <laughs> it makes no sense. It's like an oxymoron, right? Right. right. Yeah, yeah. So, but the stench thing is, first of all, when they describe the stench, it's usually always pretty much like dead carcass mixed with urine uh, in the heat of summer. Very and very uh, fetid. Defeated. I don't know. I'm French, so sometimes like I can read words. I don't always know how they're pronounced. But F E I D. Yeah, fetid. Yeah. But and it grabs the people, and they when they describe it, uh, it seems overwhelming. Um, but also, I think that it could be Bigfoot's way of saying, "You're on my turf. Get out now." Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe they're pissed off, and and then the glands secrete something. Yeah. Yeah, pheromonish. Well, I have a question for you about uh, dealing with that. But uh, before we move on, I just wanted to say thanks to everyone who supports us as oh, an yeah. unrefined friend in our online group. But the real stuff is happening in members-only community. Yeah. We are building a community of like-minded Jesus followers who desire to go deeper in the Word and link arms, staying alert, you know, just being aware of these times. Oh, yeah. We have members-only bonus episodes, early access episodes, live Q&A behind-the-scenes stuff. We also host podcast accelerated coaching and masterminds, which those are a lot of fun. Yeah. So come join us at unrefinedpodcast.com or find our link in the show notes after the show. Now, what were we saying? Was that a common uh, theme in, in all the different stories that you had about the smell, um, that they would, they, would, they would smell the smell? I think it's fairly common. Like, it's not in every account. But it's right. in many accounts that I, I've heard that they describe that smell, and uh, it catches people's attention, obviously, because you know you're fishing quietly, uh, everything goes well, and then all of a sudden you smell that, and it overpowers you. You're like, well, what is that? And that even got the Bigfoot, mm-hmm. uh, Bigfoot's moniker in. I think it's in Florida. It's called the skunk ape. Yeah, the skunk yeah. ape. Yeah. So, so and, and all across the U.S., Bigfoot has different terms depending on the geography where you're at right right there's bigfoot there's sasquatch there's skunk ape there's the boogers <laughs> in other places um and 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 boogers is interesting because i think it's based on the term that we use the boogeyman mm. yeah you know we used to scare your kids with with that right they come back before dark or else the boogeyman will get will get you and that could come from our distant past you know who knows Maybe people were aware of these creatures. I know that the Native Americans were, and uh, they were, they're, they're very quite knowledgeable about these creatures. And uh, maybe that's where we get these things from. And we don't even know. I mean, we use things all the time that we don't know what the origins are. Well, did you hear a lot of, in, in your stories you, you read or listened to or heard or whatever, about the whole nature just getting quiet like it's like still is that a common theme too no birds that, no well, bugs, that, no... that's not just bigfoot that's any great predator whether it's a bear or a cougar mountain lion or even even a pack of wolf uh, uh nature is very smart animals are very smart even the, the smallest chipmunk i mean they're smart you walk in the woods and you hear all of a sudden these chirpings like and that's basically a squirrel saying hey there's a predator here i'm i'm giving a warning out and we hear these things and we're like talking while we're walking in the woods and we don't really pay attention, but nature is very smart. 
So mm-hmm. yeah, so they do that definitely. The, the, the seasoned hunters, those are always the most fascinating accounts. Uh, seasoned hunters, they, because they know nature, they surround themselves with nature year in, year out, and they're able to decipher, oh, something's off. All of a sudden it's silent, not even a cricket chirping. So they know something's present. Mm-hmm. And wh- when it's a Bigfoot, they don't always see it because they're so good at camouflaging. And these seasoned hunters, they know how to spot uh, what they're hunting for. So they can usually spot a cougar or a wolf or bear. Uh, but Bigfoot is really elusive. Mm. Well, that's why I'm very suspect when people catch Bigfoot or even any kind of cryptid on a on a game camera because they know, I think, electromagnetically, this is my theory, that they know they know electromagnetically that there that there's something there and they avoid it like the plague, you know. And so if mm-hmm. like like in the book at the end, that that big I think it was the alpha or let him know that you know that that he was he, he in other words he he showed himself on the camera. He didn't hide himself and that was exactly important to the story, you know. And, and I and I think Bigfoots, generally speaking, they're that smart. Well, yeah. you see them, they wanted you to they see them. them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't believe that it's accidental. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was lucky. I caught a Bigfoot. On, no, you weren't lucky. Yeah. He gave you that chance. He gave you that permission. Or well, it or she or. Well, and, and that brings into um, something that I want to go. Any You guys have, Lindsay or, or Kenny, have any questions you want to ask here? I want to go uh, supernatural direction with this. Is- yeah, I got I to tell you something. It's like, I'm interested to realize that you're, you came into the Bigfoot thing a lot later in life for this to write this story. Because for me, um, I read a lot when I was a kid, but I remember being in second and third grade in the scholastic book fairs, and there was always books that were like on, you know, these uh, monsters. And it was always, it was Bigfoot and Sasquatch and the Loch Ness Monster and Moth. Well, Man. I had a book like that when I was uh, in third grade. Yeah. That's it, was what... called, it was called Monsters on yeah. the cover of the words uh, Loch Ness Monster. Yep. I have that one. You have the same? I do. That's what, when you said that, I was like, that's, that's it. Yeah. 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 To me, that's the stuff that got me interested as a young kid. It's like, I mean that that's the that's the coolest stuff in the world. It's like you know all the, they're giving you these things, and you know it's it's already fantastical and kind of you know fantasy oriented. But there was enough reality of stories that you're like, I might see Bigfoot out in my woods as a kid. You know, it's kind of crazy. So it's cool to hear that come into it. I mean, and especially since you've never had a real actual bigfoot cryptid experience and i'm not sure i really want one to be very honest yeah no 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 i agree man it's it's one of those things with it i've had one oh i i I, I actually have and i'll tell you what i'll 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 just spit in here for a second not too much but uh i was you know a musician by trade i would travel a lot at night so one time in virginia in the blue ridge mountains i would take a shortcut to come across into where i lived and it literally went up to the peak. It was a place called the Peaks of Otter in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And it was all these windy little roads. It's three o'clock in the morning. And I've got another guy in my band riding behind me. We're talking on the phone because we, we don't want to fall asleep. We're chit-chatting, stuff like that. And I come around a corner and I saw three Bigfoot-like creatures walking. They'd been walking across the road and they were going up a hill. And it was like a family. Like there was a, a like a, you know, a big one, a middle one, and a tiny one. And, and when my the guy behind me, I was like, I get, got past it, and I'm in complete shock. And I'm like, dude, 
you got to look right when you come around this curve. And he saw it too. And I said, those weren't bears. He's like, those weren't bears, man. What was that? No, no idea. Nothing to take a picture or anything. It was like those corner of your eye, you come around a curve and there it was. It was like, oh. and you know, you saw it and there's nothing there and you can't explain it. You can't, but you know, three o'clock in the morning, uh, I was sober. I promise. It, it just, and how dark was it? Was there some moonlight enough? Well, to- you know what? There was some moonlight and plus my main, most of it was headlights was, you know, I was on a deep curve and I can't, and it was, and I'm going very slow because it was a very windy mountain road. So I'm coming around the curve and there's my flashlight, my headlights on that thing. And I can see them going up the side of it. Just just casually walking up the side, not running, nothing. It was basically like, we don't even care you're here. And and that yeah. was, so, you know. Yeah, because they heard you. So, yeah, they didn't care. Right. I just, it was like, yeah. you know, I'm zipping by and stuff like that. But it still sticks with me. And I was like, oh, yeah. I saw something. Well, I don't know what it was, but. For well, sure. Well, yeah. Well, well, my experience is not as obviously as awesome or as dramatic as Kenny's. But uh, we have uh, 80 acres that we live on, and there's a part of it where there was a cottage. We used to own a retreat center, and every time I was up at this cottage, see, I, I, I came into this by my 20, he's now 20, but he was younger then. My 20-year-old son had a friend who's a pastor who Nathan would come home and tell me, well, you know, they, they, they talk to each other by beating, uh, you know, trees and all this guy. I was like, I don't believe that crap. That's. You know, I, I don't do Bigfoot, you know. I mean, I like the supernatural, but Bigfoot, really? And and so he would come home from this this friend's house with all this, this stuff. And, but I, I think I was encountering something, because I know they're around in our area. And every time I would go to this one cottage to do a, a landscaping, to do weed eating or whatever, particularly when I was weed eating, I would get up there. And this is why, why I ask you about the silent thing, Sebastian. Everything would get quiet. And it, I always thought it was me, but it would get quiet. And I'd start weed eating. And it's, it's, it's behind, there's a big hill right behind this. And I got the strangest, eeriest sense that I was being watched. Uh-huh. And, you know, I trust, uh, I'm, I'm spirit oriented and I trust our intuition. I think God gave it to us for a reason, you know, mm-hmm. and I think it needs to be Holy Spirit used. But I still think that our intuition can be accurate. But there was something intuitive. It was just like, you know, when you're walking down the street and you feel like somebody's looking at you, you usually found out that somebody is. It was that same experience, except it was kind of, it wasn't dread, but it was really close to being like this, like, I want to get done and get the hell out of here. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so, boom, I would get it done. And then Sandy used to joke with me about it because Sandy still, she's iffy about Bigfoot and stuff. But, but uh, you know, that made me start to listen to my son and his friend's pastor dad, who's a Baptist pastor, but he's totally into all this kind of stuff. And, I, and, and, and so that was my little experience. And I'm like, y'all, though, I don't, I, I, I don't want to experience one because I don't really know what they are, <laughs> you know, which leads into another topic we could either get to now or we can do later. What, what are Bigfoot, Sebastian? What, what, what do you think they are? Brandon, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, I, I like it in Sasquatch Chronicles. He always ends with that question. What do you think Bigfoot are? And he's, he always says this. He always says, there's no right or wrong answer. And it's true. 
because depending on the your experience, depending on your background, what you've like, what angle you've studied Bigfoot in, you're going to find information about Bigfoot being a spiritual being. There's some books out there about that that mm -hmm. document some really interesting cases about that. Personally, I think Bigfoot that that it's probably a some some sort of primate north american primate that has a genetic link to human beings either through genetic manipulation of some sort in the past or in the present i don't know uh some people have espoused the theory that they're uh, nephilim on the earth right now I used to think that was very probable. Yeah. Maybe not so much anymore, uh, but still a valid theory. Uh, there's even a, a, an interesting account. I think it's oh Al Bielek of the Montauk Project. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw a video where he was retelling the story of how they were experimenting with the technology that they had experimented with the Philadelphia experiment, making that ship disappear kind of thing, opening portals and all kinds of stuff. And he was telling this account of how they were doing experiments. And at some point, something went awry. There was a problem and there was a portal that opened in the compound uh, and a Bigfoot came through. A Bigfoot type creature came through and started wreaking havoc in the countdown and they had to contain it and so on and so forth and that blew my mind i was like what like what portal did they open to where yeah and how did that thing come through and what is it yeah like i mean all the questions have come popping so so obviously that's that's an interesting account there's other accounts of people walking in the woods and uh feeling a some kind of resonance in their chest after hearing a type of Bigfoot scream and going to a trance. And mm. when, they, when they snap out of it, they said, I don't know what happened. It's like I was paralyzed and I couldn't move anymore. A, a little bit like sleep paralysis, but conscious. Mm. Interesting. So, yeah. there, I mean, there, there's so many different types of manifestations that surround this creature. That's why it's so mythical in a way. Yeah. Because nobody has a, a distinct answer. Like a, a definite answer, yeah. I think, and and I I agree with Wes Germer, the host of uh, Southwest Chronicles. If he's listening, uh, hats off to your uh, show, uh, Wes. Uh, when he says, you know, the only way we could know more is if we caught one, yeah, yeah. you know, dead or alive. But uh, and I and I'm not saying I want to, to shoot the creature or anything because I I don't think that's right. But on the the other hand, uh, capturing these would be very daunting. I don't even know how it's even possible. But yeah. Well, you know, and two, it, it, I I harken back to Skinwalker Ranch. I don't know how much research you've done into Skinwalker Ranch and a lot of this. Them seeing all these cryptid slash UFO slash uh, uh, just supernatural things all in the same area, and particularly yeah. them that one account of a Bigfoot jumping out of a portal or either into a portal. I can't remember which one it was. It was one of the two, and. And then, like, several years ago, before I got really heavy into the fringe, I've always listened to Coast to Coast, ever since I was, like, a teenager. In fact, when Art Bell was part of it, man. I mean, it yeah. just blew me. I love staying I loved staying up late at night, and I loved hearing Art Bell. He was crazy, and I loved it. Anyway, oh, yeah. but, but I listened to when George Norrie took it over. This was several years ago. 
there was a uh, they were interviewing somebody who had a book out, and I can't remember his name for the life of me because I would love to read this book. Where he he was the first, I think, people coming out realizing that they're in clusters that you see Bigfoot, UFO, and weird things, and even four one one like missing people in a cluster. Yeah, and here a cluster here a cluster here, and it happens over in in the United States, but it all they all see them. Even paranormal experiences like ghosts and stuff is, like that. Is it? Is it Quantum Bigfoot? The book? It, it might be. That, that sounds. Because so there's a book called Quantum Bigfoot. I didn't read it yet, uh, but I heard the author on in an interview once. He was a very interesting guy. Um, so he researched the paranormal aspect of Bigfoot and the portal-related yeah. stuff, the UFO stuff, and that's the what he specialized this book on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, go ahead, Kitty. I was going to say, I um, probably the most interesting aspect of Bigfoot that I ever came across was, was I don't know, maybe 12, 15 years ago. Um, I do a lot of stuff with Skywatch TV and Tom Horn and all of them, but Tom Horn had a book uh, many years ago called Nephilim Stargates. And this mm-hmm. was before people were really starting to push the Nephilim Gen 6 stuff. It was a little bit ahead of what that, that people weren't really at that place now. Now it's everywhere. But yeah. I remember reading the book and the aspects of these Bigfoot creatures. He had things talking about them possibly being interdimensional, coming through portals. And the reason we've never caught one is because they come through and they go back. They never really hear that long. And that's why we catch bits and pieces of them or we're, we're about to capture them on something and then they're gone. That they're constantly in this thing. And I, I always thought that was a really, I mean, that's a pretty far out there theory, but it's as plausible as almost anything else is. Why haven't we caught one? Why haven't we caught one? Why haven't we have more video stuff of it? And I why think are there no bones? That's what I hear all the time. Why, why don't we find Sasquatch bones in the woods? Well, maybe well, that's it. I, my, my theory is I, I kind of uh, laid out in the book. I, I think they bury their dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, they, they're, they're, they're not smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think they definitely, I mean, the more you think about it, they, people think of them as being this, you know, that they're being like, they're kind of like a, a dumb creature, but I think they may yeah. be smarter no. than us. Just they uh, are yeah. in a, you know, this kind of like almost, you know, uh, this big hairy beast thing, but they're very smart and they're able to keep from being seen for so long. Just, you know, they have a, they have a hierarchy of power. They have different stuff with it. And yet you're probably yeah. right. They, they bury their dead. No one's going to find it. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's my theory, anyway. I, I agree with that. Well, and, and two, going back to your book, which I want to bring out the whole the whole thing at the end, the 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 penultimate, yeah, there it is, the the penultimate aspect. Yeah, well, of the I book. brought it too, just for yeah. in case. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, the pen, the pen, the penultimate part to me of the book when he is there with the alpha. And then he remembers his faith and he talks about God and brings, you know, Ooh. that 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 part of the book was really cool because that shows yeah. that. All right, because because this is my big thing about a lot of cryptids and stuff like that. All right. Yeah, they're real, but they're still subjective to Yahweh. They're still subjective to the God of the yes. universe, God Almighty. Mm-hmm. E- mm-hmm. Even even if there are UFOs from foreign planets, which I don't I tend not to believe. But if there are. You know, they're still subject to Yahweh, who is the creator of the universe. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, C.S. Lewis brought a lot of that out in the space trilogy and stuff. And and uh, so the the reason I'm I'm saying all that is is 
I, I tend to think that that they're not really Nephilim, but I think they were a Nephilim hybrid experiment like other things were, right. like like yeah. Sarts, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Sarters or Centaurs or whatever, you know, these different animals that were myths. I, I think they mm-hmm. were just a genetic experiment. And there has to be a supernatural dimension to them if, if it comes to that. I mean, I've even heard, and you probably heard this, Sebastian, I've heard that they can communicate telepathically. Have you heard that? Yeah. Yeah, I heard that. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear many accounts, but I heard a couple that mentioned that they they felt that the creature was communicating with them yeah. telepathically. See, which, uh, which, which reminds me of the Wendigo and the Rake, which is kind of the same type thing and how they yeah. mimic and stuff, you know, which is supernatural. But those, are, those are wicked. Yeah, those yeah. are wicked. Yeah. Like, a, a, but, uh, you know, the, the part in the book, and I don't want to use spoilers or anything. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. As much as possible, so that would get people interested, if possible. But yeah. um, uh, at the end, that that account at the end, uh, where we should just say that it's more supernatural and has to do with Jesus yeah. Christ and all that, yeah, actually came from an account I heard from in a podcast. Wow! Uh, and and where, where where the creature said that same word, and, oh, and wow. saw saw a, it was a cross, and they said that same word. So. Uh, Wow. That was so poignant for me, and but the creature was was hurt back then, and then the man was trying to help it because he had hit it with his a pickup truck. I'll just mm-hmm. leave it at that. But I, as I took that element, and I said that's going to be amazing in the story, so I brought it in there uh, because it struck me. I remember when I listened to it, uh, that account. I think that's fascinating, and uh, I put it on the the TV because I wanted my wife and kids to hear this. I said, guys, you have to hear this. This is incredible. Wow. So yeah, so, so I think uh, that where James says in the book, uh, James, for those who don't have the book or haven't read the book or who might be interested in buying the book, is is like the the mentor to the main character. Yeah, James Walker. And at some po- mm-hmm. at some point in the book, he says he believes that Bigfoot are smarter than people because they mm-hmm. fear God, as opposed to most people, they don't fear God. Yeah. Yep. And and I I think that uh, I believe that I believe that if uh, you know, God gave man dominion, and I believe that if we use our authority in a situation where it's life or death, or it's just like uh, maybe we're being threatened by the creature, I right. believe the name of Jesus Christ can, can really uh, make a difference, definitely. Um, I, and I, I know it's been used against uh, aliens in some instances where definitely it made a difference there because uh, aliens are probably fallen angels or, or slash demons. Yeah. So there were there were accounts I've heard that definitely the the, the person was in the process of being abducted uses the name of Jesus Christ the abduction ceases but I I believe the same could be said of Bigfoot and I have heard actually an account and now we're going to talk about another creature completely different you guys have heard of Dogman oh yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah Dogman is a is a an, another ball game completely uh, I I think right now I'm more fascinated by Dogman than I am by Bigfoot by Bigfoot. Because uh, I mean, I've, I've heard again. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and accounts of people telling what they've seen, and uh, it, it, let's just say that in the cryptid world, Dogman's the badass of the cryptid world. <laughs> but, but, but you can Bigfoot is a lot like people, you know. Yeah. Like in people, right. you have creep, you have you have people who are a holes, uh, you right, have people right. who are very kind, very very generous. All kinds of people. I think Bigfoot, you got that, that variety of right. Bigfoot. 
right? Right. Uh, dog man, not so much. And Evil. and it's interesting because even when you 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 start studying dog man, you realize that even there, there's these differences of I don't know if there's subspecies because mm-hmm. there's because there's the traditional werewolf, right? Where I don't know if you guys heard the testimony of Bill Sneblin, where uh, you guys know Bill Sneblin at all? I don't know if yeah. I do. Is it William Sneblin? Is he was William he a, a, yeah. yeah, 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 uh, yeah. William yeah. Mm-hmm. He was he into occult stuff, right? He was a yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and he was uh, giving his testimony, and he was saying when you reach a certain uh, a certain level in the occult, and you want to keep moving forward and advancing and going higher and higher into obtaining more power, at some point you're given a choice. You're like, okay, you want to become a vampire or a, or a, a werewolf. Yeah, and and I think there's these uh, wow. pe- there are actually people who uh, are demonically possessed who have the ability, demonic ability to shift shape shift. Yep. Uh, yeah, that touches on the Skinwalker stuff. Actually, that's they're like shamans in Navajo who've just given themselves yeah. over to evil and yeah. Yeah, so, so and depending, like you mentioned, depending on the territory in Africa, they can transform into lepers or lions. Mm-hmm. In the Americas, it's wolves. So it goes with the territory of yeah. where the person, the shaman or, or occultist is at. Um, so I believe there's that type of what we would call werewolf. That's the most traditional werewolf. There's uh, an interesting part of, about Dogman that said that, that, that certain accounts that mentioned Dogman pups. So if they can have pups or younglings or they can reproduce. Interesting. So that would make them mammal, uh, some type of mammal. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think from what I've heard that I don't think God would create an animal like that. Mm. But I may be wrong. Again, um, so there's that aspect. And then there's the government covert operations, deep underground military bases, experimentations of hybridization, which uh, I think some, a lot of that's been going on and they've been letting those, maybe letting those loose for some reason. Maybe, I don't, I don't know what the reasons would be. Maybe they broke out. Maybe, maybe they let yeah. them loose on purpose. Um, so that the woods would become uh, the worst place to be, because if the government wants to hide themselves, there he is. Yeah, that's him. I didn't recognize the last name, and I was like, "No, I know who you're talking about now." So. Sneblin, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's our yeah, Sneblin. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's how you pronounce it. He's that's, German. That's a, yeah, there's some neat stuff with that. Oh yeah, yeah, he's a great guy, and I heard his testimony on the Prophecy Club uh, way back when. Uh, he had a lot of good stuff, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So for the dogman, you got these three different types that you're like, well, what are people seeing in the woods? Are they seeing a, an occultist gone bad? Are they seeing some type of weird mammal mm-hmm. or some type of government experiment gone, gone rogue or that was sent in the woods? See, that's another thing. We know that there's these doms all over the U.S., even in Canada. Yeah. And maybe the government more and more not maybe, I'm pretty sure that's the case. More and more, they don't want people going in the woods. So they might be letting these things loose more and more so that people stay the heck away. Well, there was, there was just um, released like the past few days a list of all the dumbs, at least I think in the United States. It was, I can't say her last name. There's that, uh, the woman who's pretty popular, her name's Jessie, starts with a C. She was part of the Illuminati, really high up. Oh, 
I know, yeah, I know who I'm. About. I can't Seth say her last name. Something, yeah, something, it, yeah. Like C Z T A, something like that. Yeah. 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 yeah anyway, she released um, a list of all of all these different dumbs and like where they are and stuff. It's really. I, and I, you have a number? Yeah, I, I can't remember how many, but I'll send that to you after yeah. the program. All you guys after the program just to check out. But. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, and I've got a guy too that that I'm going to try to get on my show that actually worked in one of those deep underground military bases, and he's wanting to come on. And so I'm really anxious to hear what he has to say about that kind of stuff. That was, yeah. totally, that's amazing. Totally buy it. I mean, there's there stories of them just like walking around with different creatures down there, and it's just like it's not science fiction, you guys. We've been seeing this for years through predictive programming. Through the, they've been getting us ready for all this stuff through our entertainment, you know? And, yeah. and anyway, so, but uh, yeah, I have a friend, uh, I'll give him a hat tip, Mike Stibbs, who's part of Camper Mind's podcast. He says it like this. We were, we've been talking about UFOs and stuff. And and, and I, I think all this stuff, Dogman, Bigfoot, any of this kind of stuff, is, it goes to something you said earlier, Sebastian, that if we say we're an expert, if we say we have empirically figured out and this is exactly how it is, and there are people out there, you guys, that say it's yeah. like this and this and this and this, and they're very yeah. dogmatic about, you know, yeah. it, 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 UFOs or Bigfoot or whatever, I, I, I don't think they're right. I, I, yeah. I think it's I think it's like you said that they say at the end of the Sasquatch Chronicles. I, I think it's, it's you know, it, it's out there. We don't know. It, it, yeah. The, actually, the more I find out about it, the less I know about it. You know. Yeah. That's my way I feel too. Yeah. The more yeah. you study the thing, the more questions you have. You're like, well, what about this? What about that? And it never ends. Right. And like you mentioned earlier, you mentioned the rake and and the skinwalkers and like those all those other cryptids and eh, some are seem to be like demonic physical manifestations. But yeah. Like, I, I I mean I've seen a couple of uh, quick clips of the rake. Uh, here and there, and, and man, that thing is is Scary. freakish. Oh yeah, yeah. The yeah. mimic stuff is what freaks me out about it. Kenny, you were going to say something. I was going to say, I, I, you know, like we, you're talking about people to be like, oh, we know everything, end all of everything. I have a friend who's a he's a fiction writer, writes a lot of uh, fantasy dragon type things like that, and he's not a Christian, and he's not also he's you know right not into a lot of the supernatural, but he wrote a book on cryptids. That is fascinating because he kind of eliminates all the other aspects and takes it from a very realistic, like, could this creature be a real thing, a scientific view? And it's a really neat take because he's not approaching it from anything I would do. I, I accept the supernatural type stuff. He's not. And I told, but I thought it's really interesting because he has some really good points that people do not make that he makes a little more scientific aspects, but it's an interesting book. And and if you know, just to get a different aspect on it, he knew he's like, you're not going to like, and I've, I've taught some friends to take the book. They're like, I don't like the fact that he doesn't like anything supernatural. And I said, you know what, to me, that's okay because that's his viewpoint on it. And it's, it's his viewpoint. Is it right? I don't know. Is, you know, I, I know where my, I stand on it, but, but it's interesting to read some books from that standpoint also. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I enjoy it. Sometimes they, they give you a different insight because it, 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 yeah. they look at, you yeah. know, when you look at this model right here, I mean, what I'm seeing right now is big eight, but what you're seeing is like, you see an eight and something else next to it, but you don't see the same thing I do. Right. And yeah. we're both right. That's yeah. Right. Exactly. This same model. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. 
it's good to read stuff like that sometimes too i would say just to get out of the echo chamber a little bit and yes yeah i agree Absolutely. engage yeah. the other side yeah. a little bit yeah i had some Absolutely. people i turned that turned that book on to and they were like they were angry at me they're like why would you why would you send me to read a book that didn't believe the guy doesn't believe in god at all and i went because I want to hear, it's a different perspective, man. Yes. I'm not saying right, but, you know, and I know where my value is. But to me, I was like, did you find it interesting? And they were like, mm-hmm. but they didn't want to accept anything that was outside of that. This is my box. It has to be this. So. Yeah. And sometimes as believers, we, we tend to do that, make that mistake of we over filter it with our own filter. And we yeah. think that's, that's the only way to look at it. Then. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's why I've, I've enjoyed throughout the years to have conversations with other people from different perspectives, even yeah. new years, if I just get a different, I don't know, sometimes it, it gives you insight. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes yeah. someone who believes completely different than I you, agree. it gives yeah. you like that little thing that you never considered before. That's exactly. That add an extra dimension to your own understanding. Absolutely. Maybe missing piece of the puzzle in the whole. Yeah. And, um, we're very, oftentimes Christians were very close-minded, and a lot of unbelievers accuse Christians of that, just that, and um, and oftentimes they're right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I see that a lot. we we can't we can't limit wisdom to. I mean, and Proverbs says, you know, get understanding of all things, get wisdom, but it doesn't say from this book. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we 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 seek after wisdom where we find wisdom and it's it's it also says in that same book, Proverbs, that it's a king's job to seek after wisdom. Well, it wasn't just in the book of Proverbs that we're supposed to stay. I mean, there's wisdom out there and and I think it takes humility on our part to realize that I can listen to a non-believer about something that knows more sure. than I do. You know? Yeah. Yes. And, and that actually is and that's why I appreciate a guy named Carl Technorib so much. Um, I think I said his last name right. Carl um, Technorib? Te- yeah. T-I- yeah. Yeah. T-I-C-H-R-I-B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. Because, Game because of he's, gods. Yes. Because he's out there at Burning Man. with Right with now. His, with, yeah. With his tabernacle to the unknown God. You know, I mean, yeah. that, and he's engaging with people who are unbelievers. And mm-hmm. that's what Jesus did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he engaged. He engaged with unbelievers, but you have to be centered and strong in your faith to be able to do that. I get that, but but at the same time, we can get wisdom from outside the church. As a matter of fact, sure. we need to. We need to at times, and we get our little echo chambers and our confirmation bias and, and all that kind of stuff. And 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 uh, you know that's why on our podcast, Sebastian. I don't know if you've heard this. Our, our famous slogan is, "Kenny, what is it?" Eat the meat, spit out the bones. Yeah. So, oh. <laughs> so that you have a I, great shirt. You need to get a shirt to Sebastian. Your shirt, man. Well, I yeah, well, shirt that's today. exactly my philosophy. That's it. Uh, yes. it's the same way. The meat, I love the models. I've been doing it for like. And when you when you enter this realm of fringe theories and conspiracy theories, you have no choice to develop that ability because you're going to encounter things that are going to blow your mind sure. exactly. every week. Yeah. So if you're easily offended, you won't go very far in your research. And, and no. I will say this too: I've had people where you know before I really was on my Christian wall completely. There was some fringe stuff. People that were not Christians and blatantly not Christians. Stuff like David Ike and stuff like that. That the stuff. Now I will say this: I don't believe with a lot of his things, but there's been 
information that I've gotten from his books that were so relevant. It didn't matter what his viewpoints were. If he didn't believe in God, there was stuff in it. Like I, I remember reading something, you know, 15 years ago about Jeffrey Epstein that nobody was talking about, and he already had it in his book. Wow. And I was blown away because it hit me when it all came out. I had to go back to an old book, and I opened it up and flipped it through it, and I went, oh, it's right here. And I thought, right how did he have this information so far back? And well, exactly. And I and I, I think David Icke is a great example right yep. there. I listened yep. to a lot of David Icke back in my yep. day. I did too. And, and it was literally a case of, Eat the meat, spit out the bones. Sure. Yep. That was David Icke for me in a nutshell. And man, I, I really enjoyed his perspective on yeah. a lot of things. Now, of course, he's not a believer. So that was always uh, a, a hindrance in certain things. Sure. But as for the rest, it was a lot of great information. And what I liked is it presented things that made me want to know more about that thing. And I would go and do my own research. Yeah. And he kind of, you know, he kind of went through this whole stage where he kind of worked into this whole reptilian type thing going on the path. But it's really interesting is that uh, I read other books that led up to where he got his viewpoint and realized that some points, like some of his stuff came from Kathy O'Brien. I don't know if you know who she is. She was like a CIA yeah. tech slave. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm going to tell you, man, her second book uh, talked about stuff. I live in Virginia, near near Blacksburg, Virginia, where it's Virginia Tech, where we had the shootings and stuff. Well, when that happened, I remember reading one of her books one time where she was she'd been pulled out of the cult stuff and the, all the things. And her handler had her going. And they were driving past Blacksburg and Christiansburg. And she saw the thing for Virginia Tech. And she started having all this panic stuff that she knew she had been there, that there was this mind control secret facility in the mountain there. And then all of a sudden we start having mass shooting stuff. That, that mass shooting at Virginia Tech is not the only thing that happened there. There's been things that people don't even know, but there was a, a Chinese student that cut his uh, girlfriend's head off in the cafeteria in front of hundreds of people with a knife. And you start reading this, there was a ton of it. And you go, there's something there that was going on. And you, and you, and you go to that and you're like, oh my gosh, she was talking about it. I kind of got his whole thing with the reptilian stuff because she would talk about being sent to certain places overseas as you know, and she would have the the information implanted in her, and she would speak it out. And but she would see these other ones like morph into other creatures. Well, but she didn't know. He kind of went with it and said, "Oh, they're actually physically morphing." She thought it was more of a hologram type thing, and he kind of went with it his own his own way. And you realize that at some point, he realized it was way more enticing to believe in reptilian people than them having some kind of hologram, but you kind of have to have that information and read it, and figure it out for yourself. Same thing with Bigfoot. It's, you know, it's so much stuff there. And we just, I just went off on a big tangent. I'm sorry. But oh, it's awesome. <laughs> I was going to say Graham Hancock and Graham Hancock. Graham Hancock's, uh, yeah, his yeah. Uh, documentary on Netflix. I'm actually going to go back because I think I remember him talking about some feathered serpent stuff that we're going to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he's not a believer, obviously, and has no. still pretty materialistic view of, of the world, if I'm yeah. correct. Yeah. He's one of the yeah. ancient alien guys, but yeah, I get a lot of, out, out of his stuff. Yeah, exactly. So there's yeah. a lot of levels, and, and we have to be discerning as believers to, to not have this knee-jerk reaction. I, I like Rob, Rob Skiba for that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Rest, may he rest in peace. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, but he used to say that. He says, everybody has a that knee-jerk reaction like, oh, I reject it because it's not part of my set of beliefs and what I've heard my pastor talk to me about on Sunday and uh, what I've grown up to know from my parents or grandparents or whatnot. And, and, and oftentimes it's what we do when we hear something. And, and even like I, all these years later, I still have to check myself sometimes when I hear a new theory. And usually I, sometimes I, I catch myself, I'm mocking it in my mind, like what a ridiculous thesis or this makes no sense whatsoever. And then I catch myself maybe a year or two later researching that very thing and finding the nuggets and going like, whoa, oh, mind yeah. blown. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I mean, the, the two the two big things that, that 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 usually when I'm talking with a Christian who is, you know, the red pill option is there is what, what I, they're on the verge, on the edge. You know, I, I I I say this. I said, are you a Christian? Yes. You believe that the God of Heaven came down in a egg and sperm or whatever, however it however it happened, and was born through a woman. Okay, what bigger supernatural event other than God Almighty making everything from scratch. I mean, that's pretty huge in its in its set. So, what's what's the problem with believing in a Bigfoot, or what's the problem with believing in a reptilian? I, I shared with this with a guy not too long ago. I shared the whole aspect of Bigfoot. What if it's not, you know, the the missing link that you've been put across by, you know, evolutionists? What if what if it's a hybrid that was created by these fallen angels? back then and it's been around for uh, well i can believe that i'm mm -hmm. like you know i think a lot of it is how it's plated to people sure. yeah and it's funny because like it's all about our angle and even when you uh, present the gospel to people it's all about the angle you know finding them where they're at yeah. and connecting to them to that level at, on that level and then yeah. building up from there uh, I found that, uh, you know, it's not necessarily that people are closed up to the gospel. It's people are closed up to your presentation of the gospel. Well, they're closed up to the church and our presentation that we've done over the years of the gospel. And when I yeah, say well, church, when I say church, I mean the, the, the universal church, you know, and, yeah. and because we've had that knee jerk reaction, you know, whether from Catholicism to Pentecostal, we, we've had that knee jerk reaction to different issues and they don't they don't have that need yet they're open mm -hmm. to the supernatural they're open and, and I, I mean i've told Lindsay this hundreds of times in our journey towards the fringe is you know I, i'm not new age but i will give them one one little bit of a a, a, a compliment they're open to the unknown and they're open yeah. to stuff that we sure. need to be open sure. to because we have yeah because some of the stuff ironically some of this if you if you take the time to study some some of their the, what they believe the New Agers, a lot of the stuff they actually uh, made bigger in their own way is stuff that's taken from the Bible. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And we we close our eyes to it, but they're so open to it that they blew it out of proportion, and we yep. we call them out and we're like, "You're you're this and you're that," but they actually took it from the Bible. Sure. <laughs> they yeah. called out on it, and they actually knew that. Because some some actually do know know that, but others right, don't. Right, right, right. Yeah. Hey, I want to I want to shift things just a sec because I feel like this that one big thing about this is that the actual the book I think I'm flipped around here, but no, but the book good. itself I want to I want to I want to say this I I mean I read a lot I read a lot and I um I felt that 
part of what made this book so great was the character development. Even if you're not a Bigfoot person and you're like, oh, it's going to, the characters are so believing and real. Like you said, I, I felt like I was watching a movie as I was reading it. I was like, this is such a great treatment of it. And the yep. characters, you believed in their circumstances, who they were, it all fit in the place that you, even without the Bigfoot element, the story is amazing. And I think ultimately people like that, even though you get people who will come to it and be like, I want some Bigfoot. Well, you get, you get your Bigfoot action. Trust me. It comes in there. But the story itself is just really fantastic, and I and I really bonded with the characters, and you know it made it made us amazing. I thought that was a great thing, and I feel it's a thing thing that worked with people like, um, you know, like with The Walking Dead and stuff like that. That that it, everybody's like, oh, it's just a zombie thing, but really the most thing was about characters and yep. and being in this circumstance that every once in a while you got a little bit of the zombie action. You're like, yeah, man, oh, they were gross, and da da. But it was the people, and I felt this book um, yeah. carried that as well as anything I'd read in a long time. Like I, re- I was really, really excited about it when I finished well, it. Like, this well, Kenny, I got to say, this is probably the best compliment that I could receive. Yeah, because for me, the the character development was key to yes. the oh, success yeah. of the book. Yes, to watch. Uh, I love. Uh, I love the characters. Yeah, I, I fell in love with them. Yeah. And I wanted people reading the book to fall in love with the characters as well. Yeah. And and you know what they say when you're writing fiction, write what you know. Yeah. Well, I'm right. a family man, right? Sure. I'm married. I got three kids myself. And, and a lot of, uh, actually, uh, his daughter, Carter's daughter, yeah. is based on my daughter. I have same, a feeling. Same, I, and I, I made no, uh, I told Marissa, my, my daughter, I said, she's based on you. Ellie is you, mm-hmm. basically, except for the different hair color. Uh, and and I would read it at night because I they were my first audience. So as I was advancing the book, when I was whenever I was finished a chapter, I would share it with the kids and wife to get their feedback. And uh, and Marissa knew she was like, Ellie's a lot like me. I was like, well, she's based on you. That's and, awesome. uh, and how and, old is she? She's eleven. Wow, that's great. Yeah, and Sadie is based on my sister. Okay. So the same, I even told my sister, she didn't read the book yet. I hope she, she does soon. But I told her, I said, you're going to see the, cha- the chapter on Sadie? That's you. That's so, wow. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So well, you write about what you know, and I think it makes it so much more relatable for people. Yeah. And, and, and that's such a great compliment uh, because I really wanted to build that, that foundation where, where people would really relate to these characters and be like, that well, could be me, or that's how I would feel. Or, sure. Well, I want to pick back on on what Kenny said in 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 my reading of it. What I really enjoyed, and this goes just right along with what he said, is the authenticity of the characters. They were not hollow; they were developed. But also, I like to watch, and this is why I like Walking Dead and other stuff like that. Even is the character development and and how the big one for me was how Carter changed, and you saw his transformation mm. through the book and. And I could relate to him and the fact that there was no what we call a Mary Sue. The fact that he throws some spicy words in there because that's yeah. real. Let's, yeah, no, I, I did too. Mild profanity yeah. was refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, you know what? As a, as a believer, as a Christian, I was a little bit conflicted about that. And, uh, you know, you're writing fiction, but you want it to be realistic. That's right. That's very mm-hmm. real. I'm like, man, goodness, there's some situations in this life that I know I've cussed. Yeah, and I'm no, absolutely. 
yeah. and and you just can't help it. And and, and it's not that doesn't make it right. That just makes it real. 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 There's another author exactly. who's a Christian. Uh, his name is he, he. Well, his pen name is John Graves. I'm friends with him on Facebook too. But he has a series called Starship Gilead. I heard him on uh, Derek Gilbert's podcast one day. So I started reading his book on my Kindle and stuff like that. And he had the characters really dropping some stuff, but he's a Christian and he's an amazing writer. And I read it. I went, man, this makes this feel so much more real because they were like military and space and they weren't all just like hunky dory. It was real like space marine language. And you were like, you this, this made it believable for me. Same thing with this yeah. too. I don't, I don't, you know, you, it's, and it wasn't like incessant, like it was over. It was like, this is who the characters are. They're going to yeah. talk like this. It goes like that. So yeah, I thought, I thought that was really good with that situation too in here. Yeah. And I, I think it's important like it, 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 that we're believers, but we're human. And uh, your characters, they have to be believable. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. It's funny because people will talk to me all the time and they'll say something. They'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry I said that. I'm like, it's a word, man. Well, you felt it. I mean, I'm just looking at it like this. If that's what you felt you had to say, that's okay, man. As long as you're not taking the Lord's name in vain, I'm okay. We're, we're good with that one. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, uh, while we're on this topic, there was a meme I saw once that said uh, that the people who cussed, how did they put that? It's a, and I don't know if it was scientific, there was any scientific backing sure. of that, but he said that people who cuss are, are usually more trustworthy than people who don't. And yeah, I think that that's your true feeling. That's what I think there might be something to that. Absolutely. They're not holding back on something. Man, this is how I feel. This is going with it. I have a friend who's in a really famous rock band. He wrote a song. And the, the big hit is basically go F yourself. And I was like, dude, when it came out after 30 years, I went, man, I can't play this song for my kids. But when I listened to the lyrical content, we talked about it. He goes, I can't find another word that describes. And now here's the thing that what he's describing was government overreach, all the stuff going on in our life. We're being told we have to have this and mandated and vaccines and all this stuff. And he's like, yes. what other word can you use that smacks it? I said, you're absolutely correct. I, there's no yeah. other word. He couldn't be like, yeah. oh, go fudge yourself. <laughs> go fudge. It, doesn't well, work. it doesn't. Well, it has to be like, this is visceral and it's real. Well, in the U.S., that guy who's gone viral recently, he's like a cowboy. Oh, Oliver yeah. Anthony? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's the there's yeah, some yeah, yeah. cuts in there, but man, it's so... It's so... Perfect. Yeah, it is. I, I don't know. I don't like... I'm not saying I'm endorsing cussing. Nope. No. But right. you know what I mean. Absolutely. Yeah, we know what you mean. Well, but he's no, getting, no, he, ba you he's getting you backlash. Know he's feeling it. Yeah. That's realism. Tons. That's somebody upset. So... Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Tons of... What I call religious spirit backlash, though, for those customers. There we go. So, but anyway, mm -hmm. yeah. In my life, I, when I was first saved and then ordained, and I was the pastor and all this kind of stuff, I used to like wear this like badge of honor, like, oh, I walk in the room and they stop cussing, you know? Ah, oh, you know. And you know what changed though? And Lindsay, will, <laughs> Lindsay will tell you this. I'm at the place now where if I walk in a room and they're not cussing, if they usually do. I feel like I'm not doing my job because I'm not being Jesus because Jesus was safe. And if, if you can't be safe around people and be yourself, you're not doing your job as a minister, or as a pastor. They need I know to what be, you mean. You yeah. I know what, what I mean by mean. that? Yeah. The, yeah. the ability to make people feel like they can tell you anything or be themselves around you. Yes. That's is Jesus. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'm probably going to catch I, I'm I'm going to catch flack on this podcast about this, but you know what? I don't care. <laughs> can I tell you can I tell you an anecdote that I think you're going to find interesting? It it's it's related to the book, but and it's in a little different direction than what we were talking about the cussing and all that. Right. But uh so when I released the book, um I was invited by uh, the Canadian Broadcasting Company, CBC in Canada, which is huge, but they all, they're all they also local. So I'm in a small town, Charlottetown on Prince Edward Island. So we're about like 40,000 people living there. So it's not a big city, uh, but I was invited. I had the, the privilege of being there on the radio where they talked to me about my book, my new, my new book. Uh, so that was fun because all my Christian books, they, wouldn't, they didn't want to do that for sure. <laughs> But this one, that was okay, you know, because it's, it's secular. So I had a good time being interviewed by a lady there. And uh, it, it was about maybe 10 minutes. It wasn't very long. But I told them here, and here's where you're going to see that when we were talking about government cover-ups. Check this out. The CBC is government-sanctioned. Right. Okay? It's government-owned and operated in Canada. That's the main news hub. It's the main place for Canadians to get their stuff, right? So I'm just being myself and telling uh, the host about the book and how I came with the idea and all that. And I said, oh, interesting tidbit. Uh, and I'm telling you guys at the same time, because uh, in Canada, there's some Bigfoot sightings. In New Brunswick, right next door to Prince Edward Island, there's, there's been Bigfoot sightings. In Quebec, Ontario, and, and all the way to, towards the West. And in the West, it's, it's like where there's yeah. most sightings in uh, Victoria Island, especially. BC, yeah. But Prince Edward Island is this small island, right? In, a, in the Atlantic. And we, we don't have really any Bigfoot sightings. And, I, and she said, and she, the host mentioned that, she says, we don't have any Bigfoot here. Thankful, thankfully, we don't have any Bigfoot here on PI. I said, well, that's debatable. I said, did you know? that one of the top 10 best Bigfoot footage, camera footage, actually comes from Prince Edward Island. Wow. It's, and if you look it up on YouTube, it's called the PEI or Prince Edward Island Bigfoot. And it was about uh, maybe 12 years ago, something like that, maybe more or less. Write that down. There was these, uh, these uh, young high school kids who went in the woods here on the island. They went in the woods to film. They were doing a, a school movie that they needed to make. And so they brought their camera and they're doing a, a scene in the woods where uh, the protagonist is supposed to, uh, to come running out of the woods screaming. So he positions himself and he's coming out screaming towards the camera. And as he's running towards the camera, in the back of him, you see a creature running past like uh, running across the field and the, the guy who holds the camera goes like what the and then he cusses right and he go and he like you can see he's running towards the, the what he just saw because he's like what did i just see oh wow so i tell her i tell the host this okay we're in tourist season in the middle of july and our island lives off tourism a lot that's the only part of the whole interview that they took off. They cut it out. They cut it out. Wow. <laughs> and it is no coincidence. And, wow. and, and I told my wife, I said, it's awesome. They kept everything I said except one thing. Wow. That part. 
which is absolutely amazing. It was yeah, right. one of the best things I've said during that 10 minutes. Must, must have struck a nerve a little too much. Well, you know, they don't want people knowing about these creatures. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. Yeah. That's crazy. I think I've seen that one. I do. I, when you when you described it, I was like, I think I've seen it come across. I just didn't know it was Prince Edward Island. That's, that's yeah, that's amazingly. Well, I'm yeah, definitely that's, gonna that's check wild. it out. Yeah. Well, let, let's. Uh, we probably need to land this plane here. I know Kenny's got stuff to do, and I'm sure we all have stuff to do. Um, what I'd like to uh, ask you, though, is the question that we ask all our guests: What is the most supernatural thing that you've experienced? Uh, after you've been saved, preferably, but even if it's something interesting before you've been saved. So. Yeah, uh, it's it's after I've been saved. I was saved at nine years old, so it's not really hard to pick something after. Yeah. Um, wow. But it's not on the positive note. It's more on the, the negative side of the supernatural. So I don't know if that's okay with you. I like Because I, I, I've got it's some okay. positive. Yeah. Th- it's okay, yeah. Um, yeah. So my wife was pregnant with our first child, a daughter. And uh, she's about five months pregnant. And, um, and she had a, a horrible, horrible nightmare during the night. And uh, she, it, was, it was awful because I, 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 think, I don't know if it happened the same, in the same week or in the, on the same night, but she had a horrible nightmare during the night. And and she also fainted uh, because I, I scared her during the night because like, sometimes I went to pee during the night, but I didn't put a light on. And, and, and we met in the hallway and she didn't expect to see me. So yeah, that didn't go well. So she fainted. And, and, and she told me like, uh, about her nightmare when we woke up. She said, I dreamt I was looking at my baby in the palm of my hand. She was so small. She was so small. Mm. And then I get up in the morning and I get to the, uh, the patio door that looks out in, in our yard and I see a black cat. But that cat is fixating me. And I know it's not just a black cat. I, I, I can sense something in the spirit that there's something wrong there. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm staring at it and it's staring right back at me. And I, ca- I call Liz. I said, Liz, come here a second. And she gets to the patio door. She, I said, look. So I point to the cat. She looks at the cat. And right away, she says, in the name of Jesus, go away. The cat turned around and left. A couple months later, um, we went to the, my wife's doctor, the one who was supposed to help her give birth. And she says, uh, I feel like your baby hasn't been gaining much weight. So I, I think we should uh, provoke you at 38 weeks to, mm-hmm. so you can feed her with milk and, and it's, she's going to gain the weight she needs to. Just, just a couple weeks, but it's, it's, it, it would be safer. Right. And long story short, uh, things went horrific, horrifically wrong. Uh, she was born uh, and, and she died 30 minutes later, not even 30 minutes later. Mm. They tried to put tubes into her, but she had underdeveloped lungs. So uh, her name was Jennifer, my, my daughter. That was our first child. 
And uh, so she had underdeveloped lungs and they could not put the tubes inside her. They didn't know what was wrong. So we asked for an autopsy and they realized that it was the lungs, the problem. So obviously recovering from that was a huge deal. It was very, very hard on her marriage. We almost, uh, we almost ended up divorcing. It was extremely difficult, but the Lord is good. Uh, by his grace, we got through it. And now we got three beautiful kids and all that. Uh, but the whole thing, I believe, was a satanic attack. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when looking back, you know, you're like, well, something was going on. And, you know, uh, the Lord even revealed to me years later um, through a dream that there was a... Uh, 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 dark Freemasons in the department I was working at yeah. that had probably brought this against us. Yeah, And he actually showed me the face of the guy who had uh, probably a hand in it. So, mm -hmm. but it, that was years, years later. Uh, that was actually maybe a, a year or two ago. He showed me that. And I was like, okay, so that's what happened. Mm -hmm. uh, back then, that's, I didn't have a clue. You know, you don't think, oh, I, I'm a Christian. This guy over there is working in my department as a Freemason, uh, and he's doing imprecatory incantations against me or whatever. You don't think like that because we're, we're beings of light. We don't think like that. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but there, there are people who do think like that. They're like, okay, you, you, I see your light. Right. My demons don't like your light. I'm going to shut it down. I'm going to shut it off. And then uh, that's what, uh, what happened. So that was a supernatural thing uh, maybe a little bit uh, on the dark side and I'm sorry about that but uh, no, no no that's very I I had a similar situation happen to me I won't go into details just like that but something with uh with a um a child that almost made it to full term and we lost and it caused a lot of problems and stuff like that we were really it's one of those things in between the two children I had so it's really I know because that it was really one of those things that that's you're you're really you're really lucky and blessed that your marriage made it through that one. Mine did not. No, and, and you know what? We uh we know that that was all part of splitting us up. And and we often even remind our kids, we said, there's a reason why you guys are here. Yeah. But trust me, right. the dark forces, they tried everything to prevent you from being born. Oh yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yes. That's, that's wild. That's hey, I gotta I wanna add one thing before we take off and stuff. Hey, how how uh there is something that happens in your book that I wonder if you're getting any flack about. Now, I, got, I got flack recently because of the religious undertones of my book. I believe Because that. in that particular genre, a lot of people are looking for the gore. Oh, yeah. They want the heads flying, the, sure, gut, sure. the guts being split open of yeah. people and the blood. And, and yeah. when you bring in uh, you know, the, the, the religious aspect or sure. Bible or sure. Jesus, sure. They, go, they go like, oh, I hate this. He mentioned the word of God or yeah, you're whatever. Gonna, yeah. You're, you're so gonna, well, I tried to market it to a Christian audience as much as possible. But even yeah. then, I mean, you can be marketed to a Christian audience. Some might say, oh, well, he cusses. Yeah. Some might say, well, he did this or he did that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's, I, I heard, yeah, I heard that. that the author was like French Canadian. He is. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible what in the world i can't read this book <laughs> all right what what one more one more question and yeah we we need to go but but this you just kenny just start up something i want to ask you so what is your next feat and then tell us how we can find out about you and we're going to put all everything in the show notes you know uh but but just tell us on here how we can find out about you how they can read your book how they can read your other books 
But what's the first question? What's your next uh, project? What are you working on? There's a couple of projects that I'm curious about exploring, maybe again in the fiction realm. But there's a nonfiction book that's been on the back burner for some time now, and it has to do with leaders who don't have any followers. All right. So where can where can they find your other stuff? And uh, yeah, you know, well, they can connect. Me, they can connect with me on Facebook, uh, Sebastian Richard. Not my, my, I go my 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 main name. Uh, they can find me on Amazon under Sebastian Richard or. If they're looking for the siege at Simeon Heights, they can go buy the book. And there's Kyle Steele there, which is the more uh, burly version of me. Um, and they can also go to thrivingonpurpose.com. That website is where you'll find the course on how to write a book, uh, the course that Trish uh, uh, talked to you about. Yes. But thrivingonpurpose.com will do it if they want to see the books are there as well. Okay. But they link to Amazon. So they can all, they can all find them on Amazon. Cool. Well, thank you, Sebastian. Thank you so much for being on our show. I mean, uh, yeah, when, when your new new book, your new fiction book comes out, hey, do it on uh, what were you talking about, Dog Man? That's that's what you need to do. If you well, that's funny because I was thinking about that. I was yeah, thinking maybe yeah. more. And I'll have you back on the show for that. And uh, I appreciate you being on our show. And Kenny, thank you for being our, thank you, Kenny, for being our oh, special guest. And mm -hmm. anything y'all y'all want to say before we leave? Well, I wanted to say thank you as well. Uh, I really had a blast with you guys. Uh, I, I love talking uh, fringe and conspiracy stuff. Uh, so whenever you want to have me again, uh, I, I'd be delighted. Absolutely. Thanks for listening and supporting us. And remember... Stay naturally supernatural.